Hey there, everybody. How you doing today? Pastor Chip again, and thank you for tuning in. And I'm going to try doing a little uh, mini-series here. I'm going to talk about Abraham for a little bit. So Abraham, you heard people talk about in the Bible. God says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and uh, Abraham is also the father of the... Muslim nation through his son Ishmael. Um, but we're going to start in Genesis 18. And this is right after uh, Ishmael was born. And, and um, God, God tells uh, Abraham in Genesis 17, 21, he says, But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. And then not much is said for the next following verses until they get to 18. In 18, chapter 18, he says, The Lord appeared to him as he's sitting by the terebinth trees. He's sitting in the door of his tent. It was so hot. I guess there was nothing to do that day or it was a hot, hot point of the day and he was chilling in his tent. And it says he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts after that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And they said, do as you have said. So he's talking to these first thing here is three guys. And he identifies the one as the Lord. And the Lord uh, and his two accomplices or two accompaniments or whatever is two friends that are with him. It's attributed to be, uh, this is a Christophany, an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. And probably, most likely, Michael and Gabriel. Um, they're not named, but they seem to be the two that we see the most of in the Bible and have the most occurrences of the angels. And so it stands to reason this would be Michael and Gabriel that are with Jesus. And what does he say? He says, Let some water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Just think about that today. When people come up to our house, do we do anything even remotely close to washing their feet? No, and I don't know of anything. Um, I know a lot of uh, cultures take the shoes off before they go in the house, and that may be a, a remnant of respect um, from that era or that tradition. I don't know. But Abraham washes their feet and lets them rest under the tree, and then in verse 6, he says, He hurries into the tent 
to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And then Abraham runs off to his herd, and he got a tender and good calf, it says, gave it to a young man. He hastened to prepare it. And he took butter, milk, butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Now, Abraham has already had dealings with the Lord before. So it stands to reason he knows who he's talking to, right? And Sarah, by the way, this is where my daughter gets her name from. I named her after Sarah, the matriarch of the believing world. Um, so I got big hopes for Sarah. But anyway, these three men are so important that he washes their feet, gives them shelter under the tree. He kills a calf, brings them butter and milk and bread, and stands by them as they eat. And then they said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And it says, Sarah was listening in the door behind him. Now remember, in 17, I said, verse 21, But my covenant, the Lord is telling him, I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. And it says that when in verse 22, when he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. Okay, so now the three guys show up and he says, I will certainly return to you according to the time of your life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old said that uh, Abraham was 99 years old in the previous chapter. <clears throat> well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So she had already um, gone past menopause. And therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Can you imagine laughing and chuckling and saying that to yourself, hiding behind the tent? <clears throat> and the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. God, can you imagine? I mean, God, just have the opportunity 
to be in the presence of God and to laugh at Him. And then you say, oh, no, I wasn't laughing, Lord. The man that created the heavens and the earth and everything in between, and you think he doesn't hear you or know that you laugh behind a tent? It says, Then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. <clears throat> and we'll stop there because that gets ready for the next part for tomorrow. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is like the Lord said to Sarah, is anything too hard for the Lord? We all go through struggles in our life and we all have setbacks. We all have bumps and issues and but is anything too hard for the Lord you know the Lord wants to he can make the sun stand still he can make the he can make it stop raining he can make it rain forever he can change the climates on the earth he can he could take us all home right now if he wanted to. But is that is that really what God wants to do? We read in the Old Testament a lot of things that happen. And in the last verse of John, the book of John, it says, All the books in the world couldn't contain the things that Jesus had done. This is just a glimpse of what Jesus can do for us, with us, to us. If he so chooses, he makes an old barren woman have a child. Just the birth of a nation. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He saved Daniel from the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace made David king, saved Noah. Protected the children of Israel as they wandered in the desert and fed them. Anything is possible. And I have to think, like I said yesterday, that God saved the world for one righteous man, Noah. 
And I have to ask myself today, you're looking at the world, is there one righteous man on the earth today? We all we all pray for God to do things. We pray for Him to heal our health. We pray for riches and fame and cars and I, yeah, I know people do. But the thing that breaks my heart more. There are children out there and battered women, and you know, this sex trafficking and just derelict places all over the world, and these innocent young lives are praying. For God to help them. And we pray for things that really don't even matter. Children that are battered and abused, infants that are assaulted, molested, broken and beaten and killed, not even gotten to experience life yet, and they die at the hands of evil people. But we only see the physical, the torments, We don't know the great and mighty things that God is doing behind the scenes, do we? We worry about our shallow selves. And what are we doing to help the neighbor that we know that is getting beat by her husband? Or what do we do to help the children when we hear when we hear them being beat? What are we doing when we know people are starving and we have extra food left over from our meal and we eat leftovers? What do you do on Christmas or Christmas Eve for your tradition? Do you have a tradition? I have a tradition. 
My wife and I started a tradition. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it involves going out on Christmas Eve to a restaurant where people are having to work instead of spend time with their families. You know, one act of kindness, one act of kindness and we can be the Jesus that some people see. We can be the person that makes a difference in a child's life or in a mother's life. Whose feet have you washed lately? I haven't washed anybody's feet. But metaphorically speaking, Whose feet have you washed? Who is downtrodden that you have helped? That you've ministered to for the Lord? You see, the Lord and Michael and Gabriel showed up to hang out with Abraham for a little bit. They didn't say anything to Abraham about showing reverence, about worshiping them, about, you know I'm God and if you do this, I'm going to take care of this, or nothing. They treated Abraham with respect And dignity. And Abraham treated them with respect and reverence. And he was blessed because Abraham continuously gave blessings to God without being asked. And he was rewarded for it. You don't have to go up to people on the street and start preaching to them as soon as you meet them. Or people that you're trying to help. Or these little ones we talk about. You can help people. You can talk to them as a friend. And you can ease into it and say something just as simple as, you know, a couple of thousand years ago, a man named Jesus, he died so that, you know, our sins would be forgiven. And, and because of that, 
you know, I'm I'm here to help you now. Open a door with a conversation and a smile. Wash their feet. And like the Lord said to Sarah, is anything too hard for him? If we minister to people and we pray for them and we pray that God's will be done, who knows that he won't heal the child that we're praying for? Who knows that a turn in the mother's life doesn't happen next week and things change for her status? The Lord orchestrates everything. People that say that the Lord doesn't care, the Lord doesn't do this, the Lord don't do that. I say, whenever you know everything and you can hold the world in your hand, then you can make that judgment call. Until then, we're called to be the the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're called to to minister to the little ones and the lost. We're not called to judge what God chooses to do. But if He so chooses to use us in His ministry, you'll be the first to know. And this is Pastor Chip. I thank you for tuning in and listening. And just remember, don't laugh at the Lord. He's listening. God bless and have a good evening or a good day.